Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Stav. And it's Griff. And we're in person. We're live here in New York City. Griff and I went to the semifinal in the final games of the Big East Tournament. Uh, we're going to give you a full recap here in this episode. We saw UConn and Marquette. Yep. We saw Creighton and Xavier. Mm-hmm. We saw the final of Xavier and Marquette. Griff, what do you say? Long weekend. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. All right, well, here we are. Um, the first time recording, first time going somewhere for the podcast. Yeah. So a bit of a big deal for us. Um, first off, I do want to say a quick disclaimer. The Big East is the best conference in college basketball. Um, you could say the SEC, um, but I'd call you a Southerner. Um, you could say the Pac-12, but... I mean, I'd laugh in your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, it was all always the Big East. But, um, I mean, what a weekend stuff. Yeah, what what an absolute trip. Uh, just wanted to start off by saying that I'm so happy we did this. Yes. This is essentially a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where the stars aligned with our spring breaks being this week. And we took advantage of our opportunities. We had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we came to New York City. Great city overall, obviously. I mean, it was an excellent time. Um, logistics getting in were easy mm-hmm. and um, we most we made the most of our opportunity to be honest and I, I'm just so excited to talk about the first game that we saw yeah between Marquette and UConn yeah and let's do it I'm, I'm gonna say right away a game a game of the tournament yeah it, it has to be you know I would put up um, maybe the St. John's game where they covered against Marquette but I mean you you have to it has to be this game and other than the ending i i'd say the first 39 minutes 39 minutes in 40 seconds of this game was like just straight action straight like just beautifully played basketball like it was it was awesome it was back and forth um and i mean at the end of the game yukon doesn't call a timeout obviously for everybody that watched knows it um around 20 seconds left they get the ball right Yep. Or yeah, twenty or maybe 10, like 10, 10 15. Was, yeah. And no timeout off a rebound. Um, and I I just want to say this straight up. I don't mind that idea. Mm-hmm. I like letting the boys go after it off a rebound, you know, get down there. You only need two, send it yep. into OT. But with that being said, there was nothing. And it was obvious that they didn't have really any look. With around five seconds left, you have to call a timeout. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if even if you watch the replay, you I think it's pretty self it's self evident and obvious when you realize UConn didn't have a shot. Yeah, right. And if they call the timeout, you had an opportunity. They had a timeout to spend. Right. They got the ball over half court around seven seconds. No, I, I want they got it over around ten. Around they, 10. There's a few dribbles. They pass the ball. And then it was just they sent the double yeah. over Marquette, sent the double over on the uh on like the left wing, yeah. if you're looking from the offensive side. Mm-hmm. And that was Jordan Hawkins yeah. who yeah. had the ball at that point, which that's the person who I mean has been on for them all season. Jordan yeah. Hawkins has been electric all season. That's who you want to have the ball in their hands at that point yeah. in time. But once again, when he's getting double teamed and um, I mean, we saw a replay later in the night last night where um, number 21, what's his name? The big guy was, I mean, 
reasonably open down low, but when you get double teamed and you're getting trapped, you can't make that pass yeah. down low that we saw. If anybody saw that clip of uh, number 21, I, I feel bad forgetting his name. Where is it? It's Sonogo, right? Yeah, it's Sonogo. Um, Adama yeah. Sonogo, excuse me. Um, he, he was quite open, but that's, you know, it's a tough play to make. And that was with the right on three seconds left. Um, in my opinion, Stav, you, you have to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have three seconds, dead ball out of bounds. That's more than enough time to not only get the ball and shoot it, but get the ball and maybe take a, a quick dribble, maybe attack the basket even real yeah. quick with three seconds. You have a lot of options, a lot more options, in my opinion, when um when, when the ball is out of bounds. You you can run a set play. There's a lot of different things you can do. And UConn, who I feel like has had answers to you know challenges like this all season, just really didn't have it last night. And, I mean, a, a few guys from Marquette. Um, Old Max Prosper had a good game who, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I – didn't it says he started there, but I, I don't think he even started last night, right? No, it was it was David Joplin who started because he was or I don't know if he's I mean David Joplin had a game. Though. Yeah. I, I don't know, I don't remember who I think you're right though. I don't think Prosper started because I saw him come in and, and Olmax Prosper has been very good defensively all season and he's been kind of like their defensive anchor all season. He guards bigs, he guards wings. Um he I mean I could I bet he could even guard uh guards mm-hmm. in I was confused because, you know, he, he came in rather early, but I, I could have swore that he didn't start in that game. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't really remember. But I kind of want to talk about what happened with UConn because originally it kind of – it was a UConn crowd. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. MSG was sold out both nights, but for the first game that started at 6 MSG was sold out every night of the tournament yes. or every single which night of the tournament. That, that's just awesome to see, first of all. And then second of all, this seemed like a UConn game. Yeah, From the beginning definitely. of the game, UConn was up. I think they went up at one point, 10 points or something in the first half. And then that lead dwindled down and they went into half tied. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, Marquette kind of got out to a lead. Yep. And it seemed as if UConn was playing catcher for the entire second half. In the last two and a half minutes of the game, nobody scored. Yeah. Which yeah. until the last bucket or the last free throws, I think. So, uh, no, there wasn't, there wasn't any free throws. That's right. So no, no, the last two and a half minutes, last two and a half minutes, nobody scored. In general, finished seventy to sixty-eight, yeah, which is um, crazy to say. And I mean, even crazier to say that with the final score being seventy to sixty-eight, you know, the under obviously still cashed. But um, if you, you finish a game with what's that? I'm not good at math, but one hundred thirty-eight mm-hmm. total points, um, and then you go out and say like, oh yeah, the, the last three minutes there just wasn't a bucket. Yeah. Which, I mean, and you, that's not something you expect from Big East basketball. It didn't feel like an under game at all. No, it, really it, it felt like it was a back and forth. I mean, it was a back and forth game. It was yeah. a two-point game. Yep. And each bucket, especially in the second half, felt like it really mattered. It really Like did. every single awesome. bucket was hard-earned. Both of these teams were battling, right? And really what separated this game, in my opinion, was how well Marquette beat the 2-3 zone. Oh, right? yeah. To start the second half, UConn came out in a 2-3 zone and Marquette absolutely picked it apart. That's when uh, David Joplin just absolutely went off. He hit four threes. All of them seemed to be in that second half in the corner. And right, the um, identical shot. Did he finish perfect from behind? The no, arc, he missed one. He, he missed his last one. He started yeah. four for four, and he missed his last one. And um, it's just you know he got fouled on one too. Mar- yes, 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 he did. But um, 
what I'm trying to say is Marquette, at the end of the day, if you really think about it, even though it was only a two-point win, they kind of played the perfect game against UConn. You know, they mm-hmm. they knew how to beat the 2-3 zone, and it's exactly the point, bringing Joplin in um, for someone. He, I feel like he was rotating with Omax Prosper, and um, Prosper is the defensive guy. Joplin is the shooter. Yeah. And in this game, they needed shooting because UConn isn't a great defensive team. They And it showed last night. And it's going to show in March because obviously they're still going to make the tournament. Um, and Marquette has been a team, obviously, Shaka Smart is their head coach. So that that says enough about their defense. And, you know, it it, it, it was good. I mean, they had, a, at the end of the day, a great matchup where they could outplay them on defense without having to have, like, defensive, their defensive specialists in the game. It really opened up the shooting for them and – back to the two, three zone. If you can have your best shooters out there compared to, you know, having to sacrifice some shooting for defense stuff, the two, three zone is, I mean, you know, it's worthless. And other than um, Joplin, Mm -hmm. Marquette was struggling from beyond the arc. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of brought UConn back into that game in the second half. Because like I said, Marquette went up around like eight points, which in theory isn't really a lot. In college basketball, but in this game, when it was a, essentially a chess match, um, every point mattered, like we were saying. And the guards for once UConn started fading closer to the corners instead of attacking the guards, that's when they started to make the run in the second half to come back into this game. And the inability of Marquette to hit the three ball from the guards, how many wide open opportunities did the wings get? A lot, and they missed a lot of opportunities, and that's what's that's what kept UConn in this game. It was Marquette's inability yeah. to shoot the yep. three. They went 11 of 29, but I mean, and also they shot very similar percent. They shot a better percentage than UConn did, but they also shot more. It's, it was one of those things where it seemed as if UConn got the stops when they needed to, mm-hmm. but they couldn't capitalize on the, um, they couldn't score on Marquette's defense. Exactly. And, you know, that's a testament to Shaka Smart mm-hmm. and, and the way that he's built this team to have a guard like Tyler Kolick, who leads the nation in yep. assists, um, to be able to give it up to their bigs, to their wings. <clears throat> and not only does he lead the nation in, in assists, Throughout pretty much the whole game, he was guarding Jordan Hawkins. And if you see his stat line, he finished with a fat five points. I mean, yeah. that's something that you don't expect Jordan Hawkins and to finish with. Five points and one of them being a bank three in the first half to get him yes, started. That, yes, was yes. that was the first basket. first bucket, right? Um, and he only got one bucket ever since. He didn't even get to the line once. You know, and look that, at those shooting spreads. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they didn't really shoot that well at all. I mean, you shoot seven of 25 from beyond the arc. And Joey uh, – Calcaterra, he had so many open opportunities. In the and he's half. and he's a guy that comes off the bench. And in this game, Joey Calcaterra should have been the answer, in my yeah. opinion. And you know, like you said, two for seven from the three point line. Um, he's a kid where he is their shooter off the bench. Mm-hmm. He is their only shooter off the bench, to be honest. And they have bigs off the bench like Donovan Klingon, who's seven foot one, who was starting earlier in the season and kind of fell off. Um, just because of how slow defensively he was. And I feel like that was really exposed, especially in the 2-3, where he's the big man in the middle. 
um, when he came in. And, you know, if, if he has to get pushed out to the free throw line, that opens up the baseline. If he's focused on the baseline, then the free throw line is wide open. And at seven foot one and having a big frame like that, he just really doesn't have the the lateral speed mm-hmm. to to get from spot to spot. And it, and it really, really, really hurt them because the way that Marquette plays is you get the stop, you get out and transition. And yep. when um, the other team scores, then right away they already have the ball over half court. They play yeah, a fast yeah. style of offense, and it really hurt UConn because if UConn can't control the pace of a game, then – I mean, they're toast. Well, not that too. And the pace of the game really comes from the guards as well. And the guards of UConn did not play well. Yeah, uh, no, they, not they at all. turned the ball over in crucial situations, and it seemed like they were just trying to force feed Sonogo down in the paint when at times it wasn't there. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to have a good pass into the paint. A lot. Of, that's what led to a lot of turnovers. It led to some offensive fouls, battling for loose balls, um, just stuff like that. It can't happen, especially out of your guards who you look to make these plays. And they, they just never really made the plays down the stretch. They never got the ball to the playmakers to make plays. And that's why he didn't score in the last two and a half minutes. Yeah, and, and I would probably say on the UConn side of the ball, Dama Sanogo was probably the player of the game. Yep. You know, he was, I mean, hustling. He, the whole game, he's grabbing boards, he's getting down low. And, and I feel like um, kind of in the middle of the second half, they were kind of trying to force feed him a little bit too much. And yep. that's kind of where um, Marquette started to – you know, get back to where they were. And obviously they kept it close the whole time. But other than that, if I had to pick a player for UConn, I would probably say Alex Caravan, you know, and he, he finished the yeah. game with 10 points um, in an efficient 10 points. Yeah. Um, he played okay defense in the second half. And the first half was really when he was lost on that left wing. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, Josper. Was yes, yes, yep. yes, exactly. I mean, it, it, he hit like two or three of those. Joplin. Excuse me. Yeah, Joplin. Um, he hit two or three of those in a row, like mm-hmm. possession after possession after possession. And Alex Caravan was just kind of lost in that two, three. But he kind of figured it out in the second half. And like you said, they played some good uh, defense and they kind of stuck to making sure that that corner three wasn't open. It did open up that wing three. And that two, three zone, I mean, it just – as a as a Big East enthusiast of, and you know Syracuse was in the Big East at one point, um, and as an ACC fan, the second best conference in college basketball, the ACC. Um, you know, you look at a team like Syracuse, who has a coach that I mean, pretty much invented the two three zone. Because um, good friend of James Naismith, uh, Jim Beheim, yeah. shout out. Yeah, retired. Shout out, uh, or Coach Beheim, uh retired or forced out, kind of between that. It, it, they got, they have respect for him, so they let him say that he's leaving on his own terms. But he, we all know he got fired. He got fired, and after forty-seven years, you can't get fired. But um, moral of the story: what I'm trying to, you know, wrap my point around is, you, you should know how to run a two-three zone if you're playing at UConn, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, they didn't, you know. They they would trap the corner, the opposite opposite side wing would be wide open, yep. and they just couldn't make that like little rotation, that little triangular defense where the guy in the corner has to come up and shade that other wing, and then um, the guard on the other side has to come down. It, it, it it's you know when you're talking about it, obviously it doesn't sound simple, um, but but it is pretty. But simple. they, they the, couldn't get the a rotations. two three zones exactly yeah. exactly. So I mean. 
you know, Marquette, obviously that is a big win because the sixth seed in the nation Mm -hmm. and going up against, I would say, the second best team in the conference, obviously not record-wise, but national rankings-wise, you got to go into a game. And even if you don't win this game by, you know, five, six points, you still win this game by two points. It it shows, you know, what kind of team Marquette's going to be starting next week and not only that UConn was going into this game favored by four and a half points yep which is just i don't in yeah, hindsight it's surprising and we took them we took them we uh yeah but i mean we can't lie we i mean can't. it's on the instagram so we, yeah, we, yeah we didn't really have a great weekend of picks no but i mean the second game second game we were right and that, that's a good transition to go into um the game that started nine o'clock friday night we had Z- xavier and creighton the battle of the 24th ranked team in the country in Creighton and the 15th seed in Xavier. And it's the same thing. Creighton was favored in this game. And shout out to you. You put me on Xavier. And I took Xavier in this game as well at plus odds, which was an absolute hit. This was never in doubt. Well, you know, my logic in this game, you're going you're gonna to hate me for the reason why I tried to talk you into this because the reason why I picked it was – would I rather be a Musketeer or a Blue Jay? We talked about that. Yeah, and how many opportunities do you have to be a Musketeer? Yeah, exactly. So like, that was my original reasoning. But no, for real, Xavier um, played a great basketball game in this game, and it showed they, I mean, blew out Creighton by 22 points. And the shooting was there. Um, they had this guard who I thought was Damian Lillard. Yep. Um, and he was just shooting from everywhere. Um, he was – does he lead their team in points? He scored 17 a game? Yeah. Yeah, so he, he most likely leads their team in points. He he went nuclear at one point, and from there on out, I mean, they had full control of this game. Yeah, 100%. Um, first half this game was over. They ended up – they ended the half up 14. It was Xavier crowd. Yeah, Xavier's fan section was just the student section was awesome. That was. was a lot of fun to watch. It was. Uh, we'll get into the final game, but the, we ended up going down. We were honorary members of the Xavier fan section. Yeah, even though I was wearing a UConn jersey at the time. Yeah, and I was wearing my Georgetown Allen Iverson jersey, and I've never been ripped on more for wearing a jersey in my life. People swore that you were like on the team. Yeah, they. Some kid asked. He's like pretending he was James Jones. <laughs> like Patrick Ewing, what happened? And I looked up and down, and I realized that I'm Patrick Ewing, <laughs> and I just got fired from my job at Georgetown. So I was sad about that. But, um, yeah, <laughs> the amount of times that I got shit on this weekend for wearing a George, or just on Friday, because I, yeah. I didn't wear it again. But everyone was like, oh, damn, Georgetown. Hey, hopefully you guys are back next year, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm just a fan of the conference. Just love the conference. And hence me wearing a Big East basketball shirt and a Big East basketball hat. Love the conference. We're just fans of the conference. That's what we are. We are the number one Big East podcast. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. About somebody, I, I somebody, don't know pause, but yeah, somebody show me another Big East podcast. Yeah, exactly. You can't find one. And that's what we. <laughs> that's our. That's what we do. We, we are. Big we East bring podcast. you Big East basketball content. Yes, and I do want to say as well. You know, I, we're obviously going to get back into this game. We got a little yeah. sidetracked, but through March Madness, like. Those are the teams we're going to be looking oh, at. Oh, yeah, 100%. Our Big East boys, and ex- especially, you know, the, the team that won it all. But um, I, there's really not much to talk about in this game. No, there there isn't much other than – It was just Su- Suli Boom the yeah, whole game. He, he was nasty. He he was doing everything. 
Um, he's from Oakland, California. Yeah. Damian Lillard is from Oakland, California. He is Damian Lillard. He wears number zero. Is he yeah. six foot flat? Six three. He's going to the NBA. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He's, he's been here forever, though. He averaged 19 ever. last year. He's been good in college. All five years. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember him last year because he dropped like 25 on UConn. But, um, um, he, yeah, just to wrap up what he did against Creighton, put up 23 points, had six assists and five rebounds on 60, on 41% shooting, 63% from beyond the arc. That's pretty damn good. And he played 37 minutes. Yeah. In a blowout. Which is, in a blowout. Which man. is kind of reasoning. Well, well there's nothing else. Really but to say but it's kind of a testament to him. And, yeah. and I mean, if you if you look at his previous games, he, he was floating around the 37, yeah. 36 minutes. That's just his regular minutes. Like that's you know what he's out there to do. And if you can have a player like that, and they have a few of those guys that go out there and, and they play hard. Yeah, they play hard. Um, and I mean, you know, it, it, it didn't really show against Marquette how good of a basketball team Xavier really is. And, you know, what I'm scared about for this team, Stav, um, and the reason why you were originally like Creighton was because of the day before where, you know, they almost choked to DePaul. Mm -hmm. And um, shout out to DePaul. They they had a good Big East tournament. They did. Even though, you know, you you win a game in a tournament where you're really not expected to win a game. You beat Seton Hall, who, to be honest, a lot of people thought could make some damn, like, or, yeah, definitely. Make some noise definitely. in this conference. And, I mean, it's just the inconsistencies of Xavier is what's going to scare me come um, tournament time. And, you know, Selection Sunday is obviously going to be released by the time that this episode, maybe around like the same time that this episode mm-hmm. comes out because we're, we got to fly back home Sunday afternoon. So, um. You know, I'm nervous to kind of see where they float around and having a loss of this manner to Marquette, and we'll move on to the final here, where they really didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. I'm really worried about how that's going to affect their ranking. And even though Xavier made it to the final, I wasn't in love with the way that they played. No, the first half. All all tournament, to be honest. Even like yesterday they had a great game, but – DePaul gives them a tough battle mm-hmm. in, in a game where the first half they're in control and as they should be. And, you know, you think they're just going to float past DePaul as they should once again. Um, and they don't. So mm-hmm. that raises some eyebrows. You got to go out the next night, put on a show. And that's exactly what they did. And then, you know, it's not about the night after a bad game. It's about the game after that game and, and this was the final of the big east tournament which yeah. you win this game against marquette and i mean what are we talking are we talking maybe a three seed maybe a four seed yeah for probably a four seed um i'm excited to fill out these brackets mm-hmm. because oh i'll i mean let me get back on track what i was thinking of saying xavier right now i they'll probably be an eight nine seed yeah maybe a little higher maybe a seven yeah so that we'll have in that little bracket of seven, eight, nine, something, right? But let's talk about the champions in Marquette. That's why six was afraid of seven. Marquette, they, are they going to be a one seed? To be honest, Dov, I because Kansas lost today, and and you know what? I would still have Kansas as a one 
in. I would have Texas as probably that top two. But just the way that Marquette, you know, they beat UConn. They move on to the final. And, you know, we were saying this last night, too, after the um, UConn-Marquette game. Like, this should have been the final, Mm -hmm. respectfully. Um, But to beat them and then have the game after where, you know, that's kind of – you're setting yourself up Mm -hmm. for for a tough loss to Xavier, in my opinion, after a a tough UConn game. To go out there and do what they did that night – um, I, I honestly think that if they don't get a one seed, that's disrespectful. Yeah. I, I, I just, you know, they're the sixth seed in the country. Selection Sunday is tomorrow. You see what they did in the Big East tournament. You see, you see what Shaka Smart has done for this team only in his second year. And I just, I don't get why they wouldn't be a one seed. It, it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, um, UCLA is playing right now or, are they playing right now or is it yeah. 11 30? They're playing right now. They're playing right now in, in a game against Arizona. Did you take Arizona? Yes. You did end up taking Arizona. What was the spell on that? Arizona was favored by one and a half. Oh, okay. That's not, that's not bad. So it's kind of a pick 'em. But um, you know, you're gonna have to throw UCLA as a one seed. Well, um what if they lose? And with the injuries that they've had, that could derail them. That is true. Just for the committee. That is true, but so so with your reasoning, if UCLA is out, is Arizona a one seed? I still think Arizona would be a two. I think Arizona would be a two, but I think this propels Marquette, Marquette to be into a one. that one with with so it'd you be know Alabama, Bama, Houston, Houston, Purdue, and Marquette. Purdue, Marquette. Um, and I think that if Marquette doesn't get there, which I respectfully once again think that they should be, mm-hmm. I think that they might still give that one seed to Kansas. Because, yeah. because you know, you obviously you're you lose right, a game, right. and it, it was a bad. it was a bit of a bad loss, um, score wise. But you're playing Texas, who's also the, another top like seventh team, team in the country, and what are they the the second or third team in the conference? Quote unquote, the best team in the conference, the, the best, best conference, conference as as probably people. Uh, maybe Joe Lenardi would say, but Joe yeah. Lenardi can stay in his cave. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the Big East. It's tough just because we don't. How do you wall like? There's, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a good loss, right? Okay. Yep. How do you, how do you justify a team losing by twenty to a, a to a team that's ranked lower than them? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Siri. Siri has your answer. Yeah, Siri had my answer. <laughs> Siri was but, right for that one. And then just like, did, like, just not justify what Marquette has done throughout this entire tournament. Exactly. It it will be hard for Kansas to obtain that one seed, but the 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 toughest part is going into this week. Every single person in their mother was talking about how Kansas is like the unanimous best team in college basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, so even with even with a conference tournament loss, the way that – I'm not going to justify it this way because I agree with you, but the way that I think it would be justified by the committee would be the fact that um, it's the Big 12 tournament. Mm-hmm. They had a few good wins in the Big 12 tournament. They got all the way to the final. Yeah. Right. And they're in the final and they're the ones, the number one team in the country. And obviously you lose with that magnitude. 
but they already made it all the way to the last step and you're playing a game every day for five days straight. Yeah. So, I mean, that would, I mean, that would be, that would be the best explanation for if they do get a one seed, but you're right. I mean, the one seed isn't guaranteed for them because Houston's going to get it. Mm -hmm. Houston's going to get a one. Alabama's going to get one. Purdue and Alabama are both going to get one. And, um, who does Alabama play in the SEC uh, semifinal? Texas A&M? It's Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, and they, they've lost to A&M. Yeah, but I still think I like Bama in this game. Yeah, I do too. I think they'll win, but I think it's going to be a closer game than people anticipate. In the Big Ten, I'm very, very interested to see how Penn State's that. If, if Penn State beats Purdue. I think they can. Where does Purdue go? Okay. I want to preface this. I think Kansas and Marquette are in. I want to I want to preface this by saying um, I have no biases, <laughs> but Purdue fucking sucks. Purdue sucks, dude. All they have is Zach Eady. He's like seven foot five, and you could you could you could run circles around Zach Eady if you really wanted to. Um, give Purdue a one seed, um, and I think that they could lose to a sixteen seed. I'm being super serious. I think that if they, if anybody were to lose to a 16 seed, it would be Purdue. But if they lose to Penn State, Stav, I could see Kansas staying as a one, Marquette moving down. Because wouldn't you say this loss to Penn State is at least two times worse than Kansas losing yes. to? Yes. I mean, I, I yes. actually don't even think. I I don't even. I would even say maybe a three or four point loss. I, I would say a loss in general. A loss in general would be because Texas is a damn good basketball team, yes, and they're going to be a two seed. Yes, exactly. Texas is going to be in the yeah. They're going to be a two seed, and Penn State's not even ranked right now. They will be in the tournament, but they, they, they'll be in the tournament, but they'll probably be around it. Maybe, maybe a ten seed. or eleven. Yeah, I have them as a ten seed. Maybe an eleven. Maybe, yeah, maybe exactly. Like they might have, even be playing on that first day as a, as a last as, four. Yeah. Because so, there's just a lot of teams in the Big Ten, but Penn State getting all the way to the final does secure their them. spot. Yeah. It does secure their spot. And if, in, in what the if they win? It. And if they win, it's seven seed. They they could be a six. They could be I, five I or six. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Just because. And we're I mean we're just kind of rambling on. Yeah. But that's the best part about March. No one has a goddamn clue about no. what's going to happen. No, no and clue. this year especially, it's so open. I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna do our second. And uh, we're, yeah, we're doing the second annual IT5 bracket pick, and we're we have some uh, different ideas of how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited for that. Selection Sunday is this Sunday, mm-hmm. so and this is probably the first March Madness that zero clue what's going to happen. I mean, I it, it's funny because this is probably the most invested I've been in college basketball mm-hmm. that from the start of the season to the finish. Mm-hmm. I watched. North Carolina opening night. I watched um, UConn opening night. I watched Marquette opening night. Um, and, and I've been watching college basketball maybe four or five nights out of the week. And I, I you know, I've been preparing for this. And I, I kind of did that as a notion to try to get you a little bit more into it. Yes. And, and I think that that worked. And, 100%. And, and I think that college ball is really – gonna turn into our niche and i i agree I, I mean just you know getting into it this year and onto like a different level you know because we've uh, we've had the pod for a few years now and 
once it comes around conference tournament time, you know, we talk about UNC and obviously UNC is my favorite team in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Um, NIT, big NIT tournament coming up. Um, but, you know, it's just this year, the, the investment that, you know, the two of us have put into, you know, just watching college basketball, talking about it on the pod. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, obviously we're a football podcast. Yeah. Through, know, and, th- through. through and through. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I found like a like a different like, like I guess you could say like a love for, yeah. for college ball. And I've been watching college ball all my life. But like with this, with this March coming up, it's weird because I've had good brackets. I've had like, you know, I you know, I've won like been first place in bracket challenges where there's like over hundreds yeah. of people in it. This year, I it's like obviously the bracket hasn't came out, but I'm nervous for two versus 15. I'm yeah. nervous for uh, three versus 14. Like yeah. I genuinely starting in the first round, I don't know if I'm going to be a hundred percent confident with every single game. I, exactly. I, I don't know. I mean, and even what I said about Purdue and even what I said about, I mean, Houston, cause I, I remember when yeah, I was like, okay, first thing I was like, stop, we're going to get into college basketball. But the first thing is we're not going to talk about Houston. And I think <laughs> on the first episode that we did our college basketball preview after the or around the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl time, um, yeah. we had a list of questions. And one of the questions was, who's a team that's really exceeding expectations that you expect to trail off? And Houston was on there. And I remember we were talking about teams like Kansas. Alabama, and we were talking about the Big 12 in general, and all of these teams have been consistent throughout. Yeah. And um, it's one of those things where it's like you brought up about 10 minutes ago how Purdue could lose to a 16 seed. I agree. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's not, that's not like surprising to me at all. And kind of going back to your point about where, uh, if you're watching on the camera, you see that we're, wa- we're looking to our right. We have the World Baseball Classic up on the TV. Uh, USA versus Great Britain, 1776 all over again. But back to college basketball. I have a new appreciation for college basketball. Yeah. I mean, I've watched probably the most college basketball before the tournament in my life. Mm-hmm. And going to this tournament really opened my eyes. Really going to the Big East tournament, realizing how much people love college basketball and like just the people you meet and yeah. how it's probably the most pure form of basketball. It, it really is. And, and you know, you brought up a point about uh sports betting. And obviously we talk about betting on the mm-hmm. podcast. That's like our thing. You know, we have our lock of the week and we, we have all these different things. And, and, and I love betting. I think it's a whole different avenue of sport where there's a, a whole different level of investment of emotionally and obviously financially. Um, But, you know, going to the game, you're exactly right. Like, you go to a Celtics game, and I mean, I'm a diehard Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. My whole life, my 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 favorite professional sports team ranking number one. Oh, this is all yeah. time. My whole lifetime, number one, the Red Sox. Yeah. Number two, the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Number three, the Seattle Seahawks. And like, but basically, what I'm trying to say, I can't go to a Celtics game without like placing at least like four or five different bets and making sure like what I'm doing the whole game, especially during a regular season game, because I mean, you know, the postseason game we went to last year was nuts. And I probably had a few bets on that too, but I wasn't paying attention then, Mm -hmm. but like a regular season game I'm going and I'm paying attention to my bets and we bet on these games as well, but being able to go there and we were betting really just so we could like, 
kind of make it feel like we were fans of that team to like yes. um and, and just going there and, and you know cheering and learning like the different chants for each team and little, and, sayings, like, the little sayings and doing them and walking around yeah. new york you see someone with an xavier hat yeah. on you go zip them up and yeah. you know they love it they eat it up it's you know obviously we know all about that from college football and it's something that they talk about in college football and they don't really talk about it in a lot in college basketball it's just you're right it's so pure you go there and uh both days we sat in the same section yeah. and then the the second day we or in the final, we ended up moving. Um, but at the beginning of the game and then throughout the both games yesterday, we were sitting in front of a group of – how old would you say they were? Maybe in their 60s? 60s, 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe like four or five of those guys, and we were just chatting it up. Like there was a couple of guys uh, – one, one guy said that um, his grandson was at UConn. Yeah. He's a UConn fan. Uh, one guy went to Providence. He, he goes to every Providence game. Um, one guy, the Larry Bird guy, I still have no idea. Uh, so he, his, <laughs> he was up to his brother-in-law, or what did he say? I don't know. Someone who his wife is related to invented the Big East. That's right. That is what he said, which was awesome. Which, I remember that. And remember he's that. he was showing us pictures. Or no, like, he grew. No, wait, no, his wife. Wife's family grew up with that family. Yes, yes, that something along those lines. That's what it was. And he, they go to every year. They go to the Big East tournament. Every year they go to the Final Four. Like they are great dudes to talk to. Great guys. Um, and we were just like having fun yeah. with them. Like we like, were like, you know, obviously like we were having fun. Like yeah. we were like getting like rowdy. We were yeah. we were yelling and stuff. And um, I mean, they were right there with us. Yeah. And like a bunch of like you know, stops twenty one. I'm twenty. Yeah. Um, and it's like. If I go to a Celtics game and it's not like that at all, there's people in front of me. I'm like, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, yeah. fuck you guys. Like, but like, you you go to a Big East game or you or I mean, you know, Big East obviously the greatest conference of all time. Um, I've been to like a few other games. I've been to a few ACC games. I've been to obviously a few um cross conference games, and it's been like that every time. To be honest, you know, you you walk through the tunnels. And even like you said with your Georgetown stuff, it it, it wasn't like people were like mad at you. Yeah, you were, it, it I mean, they're just talking. They're they're yeah. chatting shit. They're throwing out a couple of jokes, stuff like that. People were talking. Um, even today there was a there was a couple maybe in their uh, again 60s, 70s right next to us, and they were in our seats. And obviously we don't care if they're in our yeah. seats. We we just sat next to them. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. This is our first game in America. Yeah. And I'm like, Holland. oh, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from Holland. Uh, we talked before uh, me and Stav moved seats because we had a couple friends at the game. So we had to go yeah. sit with them. And, um, you know, we were just talking. We were like, okay, well, like that. I was telling him, like, oh, number 11, who was yeah. Tyler Kolick, um from Marquette. He's the guy to look out for. Number zero from Xavier, um, which is Baum. Um, that's the guy to look out for on this side. And he was like, oh, like, thank yeah. you. And then he was talking, I was like, so have you ever been to a basketball game? He's like, yeah. Um, you know, we have professional basketball, um, you know, right down the street from where I'm at in Holland, but it's nothing like this. And the dude didn't even know it was college. Yeah. Because obviously they call it university or whatever um, overseas. And so I was like, I was explaining to this guy, I was like, yeah, all, all these kids are in university. It yeah. just so happens that 
there's like six, six, yeah. six, seven, and they get a lot of money off of school yeah. to play basketball here. And he's like, I didn't even know these kids were in school. Yeah. Which was, which was cool. And, you know, I explained like the whole NIL yeah. thing in the simplest terms to him. Cause he was like, do they make money? Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. Now they do. <laughs> that's a, that's a question. That yeah. If you want to like sit down over a cup of coffee, yeah. I'll, I'll answer that question. No, you. and <laughs> it's such a lot. Everyone we talked to this weekend, just great people everywhere, right? Like everyone, even in the streets, like not even a, at the yeah, garden, like, like in the streets, you see someone wearing a Big East, like or a team from the Big yeah. East. It could have been anyone. You say something to them, yeah. they say something back, or for the most part, people did. Yeah, I mean, it's just college basketball at this, especially at this point in the year, is the most pure form of basketball on the court yes. with the players and off the court with the fans. Right, like we we kind of got side or not sidetracked. We went on that little tangent, but um, we talk about sports betting, right? And sports betting as a whole has brought has marketed sports in a whole different market, right? It, it's reached out to people who wouldn't give a fuck about sports, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like everyone genuinely cared about who was being played, yeah, and they agreed. genuinely cared about the product on the court, and they cared about it was just it was awesome to be a part of and i we were talking about this on the way back at, um when we were just walking around uh the area outside our hotel and we want to make this like an annual thing yeah and the, the big east tournament they sold out every single day that's just a testament to the conference itself how everyone just cares and everyone loves their team and the the atmosphere and the environment at Madison Square Garden was something I've never been a part of, and I've been to so many different games. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, I've been to Super Bowls. You've the same. We've been to playoff hockey games. We've been to playoff basketball games. Playoff it's just games. that so, that yeah. I, I just can't get that feeling out of my mind of UConn and Marquette to start the game and how that game ended. Just the vibe, the atmosphere was in Madison Square Garden was just unreal, and mm-hmm. it's something that I will be dying to match again. You went to the Eagles Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I would say – you know, as a Seahawks fan, I went to the one that they won. Thank God, that would have been a bad sign. That would have been a bad. I would have jumped off the three hundred. Yeah, I, I almost because I broke my phone. That I smashed my phone on the ground when that play <laughs> happened. Um, but I would say like that to to kind of like um, this is like the most simple word. Why am I blanking on it? To compare. Yeah, I can't believe I just. It's a. It's been a long weekend. Yeah. Um, to to compare. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl that I went to especially with having it be my team, it was like a numb feeling. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the feeling you had where it's like – It's an out-of-body experience. You don't really like – you don't have the butterflies in your stomach because it doesn't feel real. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like you're actually there. But when you're at a Big East tournament final, it's like you, you take it all in. Yes. And, and everybody that's around you – and. You know, we were talking about where we were originally, but even when we were sitting with our friends, the people around us, like we're hearing what we're mm-hmm. talking about, they were laughing, they were talking with yeah. us too. And um, it's just like such a good environment to be in. It's, there wasn't, you know, even like I'm rooting for Xavier. Oh, I'm rooting for Marquette. It's like, oh, nice. Yeah. Like let's let's root for our teams and let's watch some good basketball. That's all it was. Like I – I had my UConn jersey on last night, and there was a bunch of Marquette fans um, around us, and obviously there was a lot more UConn fans around us, but, you know, there wasn't really any beef. 
And no. I feel like every single game that I have ever been to, I have seen an argument. Yes. And I really, I, I would, I would say last night, you know, um, there was like a little bit of bickering, but it was like all friendly and it was, it was all in good nature. And every single time you see somebody turn around, you see, um, especially in the Marquette UConn yeah. game, which just goes back to my point where that was, that should have been the final. I wish it was, <laughs> um, you know, they would, you would go a little back and forth. You would see like people kind of, you know, snapping at each other. And then at the end of it, like it was a fist bump every time somebody yeah. was fist bumping, they're giving high fives, they're dapping each other up. It was like, yeah, like I, I'm a fan of the Huskies. I, I'm a fan of the Golden Eagles. Um, though, you know, that's my squad. And, and I'm going to live and die by them. But there, it was just like, it was weird. It was just like a lot of like respect. A lot of fun. Yes. Like we, when we go to the talk about gambling, the purity of the sport sometimes gets lost in that. This was just pure. And it was just a lot of fun to be a part of, you know, yeah. just even entering when we entered Madison Square Garden for the first time, the two guys who were ahead of us, we were just chopping it up with them because you were wearing your UConn uh, jersey. We were just talking about UConn and they were, everyone was just chanting like they had the UConn chants going up the escalator. And yeah. it was just a lot of fun. And I mean, you and I don't go to these D1 big schools. Yeah. So to be a part of something like that was just so cool. That's awesome. And it, it makes me kind of. Look back and be like, damn, I wish I I made some different decisions to get to a certain school or whatever. Yeah. But, but hey, experiencing it the way we did was just a lot of fun, and this was a great weekend, and I'm glad we got to do this. And shout out, you know, wrapping up pretty much wrapping yeah. up the episode. Uh, shout out KP, uh, you know who you are. Shout out for you picking us up at the airport and coming to the game. Yep. And offering to, you know, show us around, taking take us out. That didn't yeah. end up happening because we came back to record and all that. Um, but shout yeah, out to shout you. Out you. I appreciate um, that as well. Right. And, I mean, I'm taking us into his yeah. crib, obviously. I mean, I've known him forever, yeah. so that's something I respect. But, you know, I mean, I mean, like, I, I, I don't think I would do anything differently about this weekend. I think yeah. this weekend went perfectly. I, I agree. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, the, it was just a lot. Everything went smoothly. I'm, I'm glad we did this, and I hope we can make this an annual tradition. Um, we're basically New Yorkers now. We're basically residents of New York City. We at the, Just yep, yep, side yep. note, yep. the first day we would use Apple Maps to kind of get around. After that, we didn't have to use it. We didn't and use maps. Today, Times Square, we found our way everywhere. We didn't even use maps. You know, no. we went to the MLB store. Yep. Saw where's the jersey? Not a right on the bed. Big one stain, but I got the Mike Trout Team USA jersey. We did some W. We got a lot of shit. A lot like, of purchases today. Yeah. Um, but you know, we went to the MLB store. We went to the NBA store. Um, we went to Nike. Mm-hmm. We went to all these different places. JD Sports got JD Sports was awesome. Yeah. JD Sports was. I got a few things from JD Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was it was cool. It was like it's always fun to to find yourself in New York and get lost in a place like that. And you know, you you live in Boston right now. Yeah. I, I do it sometimes in Boston when I'm there. Obviously, I don't know my way around the city perfectly. But New York's a whole different beast. Where like, I mean, every borough is. Like the size of Boston. Yeah, exactly. What, six boroughs, five boroughs? I don't even know how many boroughs there are. Um, But, yeah, I mean, New York is 99% perfect. 
if I could take one thing out of New York, it would be the New York Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. You know, fuck the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees throughout. And I hate giving credit to them, but we saw the most clean Yankees hat. And it's we like, did. we're not buying it. We can't cut, buy it. I couldn't. No. I did pick it up. But it was a snapback, so it, we have more justification too. However, fuck the Yankees through throughout. Like, there's yeah. no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just fuck the Yankees. Yeah, and I feel like that's a that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, yep. Overall, you know, a great weekend, and the the best part is stuff. You know, conference tournament time is done, but. Now it's time for madness. Yeah. And, you know, right after we, we have, I mean, this is really the heat of the NFL offseason because I guess you could say this is our offseason mm-hmm. um, for the podcast. But we have this run stop where now I'm going to need to get you into golf because it goes March Madness yep. starting this week, ending in the middle of April. And right after that on Thursday, is we will be in Augusta. Yep. We will not physically be in Augusta. I mean, you never know. We never. I will <laughs> emotionally be in Augusta. I've been watching golf since the start of the season. Um, big golf fan. Um, but right after that, it's MLB, and you know we got a lot to talk about about our Red Sox, especially once the, uh, the World Baseball Classic comes to an end and, and we get back to full strength, and we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Um, even about the World Baseball Classic, but we're going to save that for another time, obviously. Um, but, you know, hopefully you guys tune in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. And, and some of y'all saw um, our Instagram stories and, and some of our tweets just having fun. That's what it's all about. I mean, it's yeah, it's the whole thing. You know, I mean, like we said, it was a lot of fun to be in this environment, but it, it, it's not just this environment. It's, you know, when I'm firing off tweets of, about, you know, mm-hmm. college basketball, when we're putting up things on Instagram. It's just like, I don't know. It's the pureness of it. It's, it's a lot of fun, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And please stay tuned because we're going to have a shit ton of content coming your way. Like this, although we, we, like we said, we're a football podcast, but March Madness, we have our bracket uh, selection. NFL free agency starts Monday. Yes. Which is absolutely nuts. Sure. NBA playoffs is coming up. Like you said, the Masters. There's a so- hockey. We're get we're we're branching out into every single possible market. If this is your one stop shop for all of your sporting needs. Yeah, and you know, um, I think I think it's a good time to wrap up mm-hmm. the episode. And it's funny because before the episode, me and Stav were like, "How long do we want this episode to be?" We were kind of itching around that 30 to 40 minute mark where we're stretching out a little bit to an hour. And it, it was just, I mean, you know, we ramble off on the pot a lot yeah, and, and we do it a lot in, in football, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it. This is episode 170. This is probably my favorite episode. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's so much, like there's so much that kind of went on behind the scenes that won't, yeah, we won't talk about, but like, that to get to where we are right now as a pod in New York City talking about Big East basketball after we attended the semifinals and finals, it, it, I if you told me this a year ago, I would have called you crazy. And, and you know, doing doing something like this is, is like motivating. It's yeah. like you know, obviously we're not getting paid to yeah. to be here and go to the Big East tournament, but it's like 
it's the feeling like you know we're in like a little hotel room. We got our, we our, did our de- set yeah. up and, and and you know we got our camera here. We brought our laptop, iPad. Yeah. It, it it's motivating. It's it's like something that like I think of. And once we were setting it up, it was like you know this is this is pretty cool. It's something different that we haven't done. Yeah. And it's like like you said, you want to make this an annual thing. It's motivating to me because like I want to be able to do this. Yeah. I want to be able to come back here and obviously like who, who knows where the road takes us, but this is kind of, I feel like a spark I haven't felt. And, you know, I've been doing this for three years. Stav's been around for about a year now, Mm -hmm. a little bit over a year now. Um, But I don't know. I mean, this is, it's, it's, but at the more and more we've talked about it, it's like, all right, we're, we want to wrap up, but the kind of thing I wanted to leave off on, it's like, you don't realize how much fun, how good of a time you're having when you're in it. You only realize it after the fact. And, right? and you know what? This is why we started the podcast. It was to, you know, once once we we got to school, it, it was to be able, you know, twice twice a week to just talk and you know have fun and be able to talk about the games that we love to watch and we mm-hmm. love to talk about. And it's just like a. You're right. Being able, especially right here, right now, we we got to really ingest what this whole weekend was. Yeah. And it was whole I mean, new perspective on yeah. college basketball for me. Whole new perspective on college basketball and honestly a whole new perspective on inside the five. hundred percent. So, with that being said, hopefully you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. Mm-hmm. Um because we had a ball. Yeah. But a lot of fun. Um like I said, Selection Sunday, uh, big stuff coming. Um, later this week, we'll have our um, second annual Inside yep. the Five March Madness Bracket Breakdown. Um, that's what we're calling it. Yeah, we'll call it the, <laughs> the bracket IT5 breakdown. Bracket Breakdown. MMBB. I like it. Yeah. I like it. No, but, <laughs> um, you know, we got a lot of stuff in the works, um, and we hope you guys enjoyed because um, we're going to be shifting into a different gear starting right now um i've said it like 15 times but i hope you guys enjoyed because we very much so did um we're checking out from new york we will see you guys back in the beautiful state the beautiful bait state of massachusetts um love you guys love you stuff yeah and we will catch you guys later in the week it's all love Peace. peace